What is up? This is Take It or Leave It. I am Britton Hooper. Excited to get started on this new adventure of this first episode of what will hopefully be a long podcast series. Very excited, very excited. Thanks so much for being here and for listening. Let's get a, a clap in the studio audience here. As you can hear, there are a ton of people here. Nope, it's just me in this room all alone, but that's okay. Uh, we are ready. We got a packed show today. Um, hopefully it'll be intriguing to you. It is really intriguing to me. Let's get started. I want you to think about this. Envision you you have developed a company. You you've came up with a great idea. It it took off. Uh, it, it is it is booming, and it is you now are the owner of a multi million dollar business, and you're like, man, I I don't want to run this. I don't want to do it. I, I just want I just want the money. I'm ready to kind of step back. I'd like to make a few decisions here and there. I like to still be in charge, but I don't want to run the details. I don't want to do it. And you have to hire a CEO. Right, so so you're gonna go around. You're you're gonna look at more than likely people who have done it before, people who have been CEOs before. Maybe not. Maybe you're gonna you're gonna look at, at a, lo- a level lower, whatever that is. I don't know what it is. I'm not a businessman. I don't know what that level is, but you're gonna look at either other CEOs or someone that's right underneath CEOs. They've done it before, and they have results. You're not gonna go out and, and grab three or four candidates from from companies that they, that they ran into the ground that they took people's Money. They took people's investment. They took their their business and ran it into the ground. No, you're you're gonna get people from companies that are flourishing, that are doing well. But you know, but you're you're gonna you're gonna bring them over. You you want you're gonna try to bring them over. You're gonna pay them more. You know, hey, this is an upstart company. We're, we're okay. You get the point. Okay. I want to talk about the coaching carousel that's going on right now, and, and over the past few years, actually, uh, uh, recently was Black Monday. Unlike Black Friday, it's not cheery, it's not happy. Coaches are fired on Black Monday, and so far this year, I believe like eight coaches have been fired, I think six on Black Monday. And uh, I want to focus on three in particular. Adam Gase, Vance Joseph, and Todd Bowles. Okay, all I'm hearing over this past week is how much these three guys got hosed. That they didn't have enough time, they didn't have enough talent, they didn't have enough this, that, and the other. And I, I, I don't want to hear it, man. Th- these guys, in my opinion, and I'm going to share with you why I think this, they shouldn't have been hired in the first place. Not any of them. And, and I'm going to give Todd Bowles a little bit of a pass because I do think he's a good coach, okay, unlike the other two. Uh, but, but these guys didn't get hosed. They actually got an opportunity that they shouldn't have gotten in the first place, okay? And I'm going to prove it. Adam Gase, we'll start with him. Everybody know, if you're listening right now, you know me. If you don't know me. Hello, nice to meet you. If you know me, you know I'm a Dolphin fan, all right? So I got to start with Adam Gase first. 2013, Denver Broncos offensive coordinator. Young Adam Gase leads that offense to a first ranking in points scored as well as the number one ranking in yards gained. Then the very next year, 2014, second point scored, fourth yards gained because he's a genius He's an offensive guru. He knows what he's doing. He, he's the man. He had a crappy quarterback, a quarterback none of us have ever heard of before. Named Peyton Manning. <laughs> we forget that, man. He had Peyton Manning. 
over what may possibly be Peyton Manning's best two-year stretch of his career, okay? Oh, but but he's a guru. He's a genius. Adam Gase led that offense. 2015, did, did he lead that offense? Let's see. 2015, take Peyton Manning away. You give him, you give him Jay Cutler. 23rd in points scored, 21st in yards gained. Oh, but you know what we said to that? We said, he's a genius. He's an offensive guru. He's a quarterback whisperer. He took Jay Cutler, who nobody could make good, and he made him great with 21 touchdowns and 11 interceptions and a 92.3 quarterback rating. That's average at best in today's NFL. And yes, that was four years ago, but that is still today's NFL. Okay, that's not even four. That's more three years ago. That was 2015, all right? That's average at best, but he's a whisperer. He's a quarterback whisperer. (laughs) So Miami hires him. This new young stud, he's only 38 years old. Let's bring him in. Oh, 17th in points scored, 24th in yards gained in 2016 with Ryan Tannehill. But, oh, but he led Ryan Tannehill to an all-star season, right? 19 touchdowns, 12 picks, 93.5. Sounds a lot like Jay Cutler. Okay, and I'm not saying that Ryan Tannehill is good. He is not. But he's probably on par with Jay Cutler. I'd say Jay Cutler might have... Uh, probably more natural talent than Ryan Tannehill, but but uh, just two average quarterbacks, and he can't do it. He can't get it done. Okay. 2017, Miami head coach, he loses Ryan Tannehill, brings Mr. Jay Cutler back in for 19 touchdowns, 14 picks, 80 QB rating. He's awful. 28th in the league, points scored, 25th in the league, yards gained. But he's a genius. He's a QB whisperer. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Adam Gase is the man this year. 26 in the league, points scored, 31st yards gained with Mr. Tannehill back. 17 touchdowns, 9 picks, 92.7 QBR. Again, I'm not saying Tannehill's good. I'm saying Gase is bad. He doesn't elevate Tannehill. Tannehill stayed at about his his career average. I believe his career average rating is about 89, 90. He stayed right about it, maybe a little more. So if a Q, if if a quarterback whisperer is elevating you by two on your QB rating, then we need to redefine quarterback whisperer because that's not it. Okay. And I get Miami has no talent. And yes, we won seven games this year. Six last year, I mean, that was a scrap year, and then we made the playoffs the first year, but man, we were outscored, okay, in our playoff year. That doesn't happen. It's a fluke. We were outscored by like 60 points in 2016 in our playoff year. Adam Gase can't do it. His career average, as a, and I'm, I'm focusing on the offense because we call him an offensive guru, okay? His career average without Peyton Manning is 25th in yards and 24th in points scored as an offensive mind. As, as it, like, that's his career average for an offense, running an offense. 25th in yards in the league out of 32 and 24th in points scored. Add Peyton Manning in there. He's middle of the pack at best, not even middle of the pack. Add Peyton Manning. He averages 18th in the league in yards and 16th in the league in points scored. He should have never got the job. 
Never. He should have never got it. He was a coordinator for three years and not a and not a great one. He was good for two of them with Peyton Manning and terrible in the in one with Jay Cutler. Should have never had a chance. He did not get hosed. He had plenty of time in Miami. Three years is plenty. Now look, it, okay. This brings me to another guy. And what's funny about these three coaches we're talking about today is they all coached for Miami at one time. Obviously, Gase this year and in the past three. Uh, and Vance Joseph and Todd Bowles, b- both in their past, and we'll get to that. Uh, so Vance Joseph, he got hosed. He had three years. He had no quarterback. He had no talent. No, 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 he had talent. He had no quarterback. I agree there. No, He had no quarterback. Okay. Case Keenum got to the <laughs> – you can't say much about Case Keenum, though. He got to a play to the playoffs last year. Okay. So we can't forget that. He got to uh, a championship game, NFC championship game. So, yes, he needs people around him, and he needs more talent – than maybe the Broncos have, but the Broncos, uh, let's just get to the stats. Okay, 2016, Miami defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, 18th in the league in points allowed, 29th in the league in yards allowed. So so he's he, he's going to get a head coach job off that. He's going to get a head coaching opportunity off of being almost the worst defense in the league, only better than three other teams, and then allowing the 18th fewest points. That's going to get a head coaching job. Okay, so they hire him. 2017, his first season, he takes that defense with a key to leave Von Miller. Uh, Bradley Chubb wasn't there yet. We're going to leave him out. Obviously, he was there this year. But uh, Todd Davis, Derek Wolf, Brandon Marshall, Chris Harris Jr., that defense, and 22nd in the league in points scored. Now, they were the third overall defense. I'll give them that. Okay, third overall defense. If you weren't top 10 in the league in that, you should have been fired immediately with those players. Third overall defense in yards allowed. I'll give them that. But 20 seconds in point scored. 20 second in point scored. That's not good, man. With, with that team, that's not good. Okay. And now this year, they regressed. They only lost, they really only lost to keep to leave, and they added another great pass rusher in Bradley Chubb. So now you have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. You lose a keep to leave who's old anyways, who hasn't been great with the Rams this year, been hurt, banged up, so it doesn't matter. Still have Chris Harris Jr. I know he's been banged up this year too, but and and you drop to thirteen. Uh, you 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 get better at your scoring defense. Your points allowed thirteenth in the league. Okay, whatever, middle of the pack. But you're twenty second in yards. I mean, the dude the dude should have never got the opportunity. Okay, I mean he had one year as a coordinator, one year. That's not enough time for anybody to learn. Okay, so not only did he not have a great year, he had one season. Okay, I could I could maybe understand if he comes out first season, Miami's first in the league in defense, second in the league in defense, third in the league, top 10 at least. We're the bottom in the league in defense, and he gets a head coaching job, and now he's out after two years. That's going to stunt his career. That's going to stunt his growth. That's going to stunt the Broncos. Now they got to look for another coach. I got to get off this. Uh, Todd Bowles. We're going to get on Todd Bowles. I do think Todd Bowles is a, is a, is a good defensive coordinator. I just don't think he should have got the, the job as a head coach. I mean, we look at it here. I'm going to run through him really quick, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show the people that, that should have gotten their jobs and in in, in what it looks like to hire these young guys and give them the opportunity. 2008 to 2011, Todd Bowles was the Miami Dolphins, DB coach. We averaged 20, 21st in the league in pass defense. Okay, that's that's his group. That's his unit. All right, goes over to Philly. But but, but wait, Britt, Britt in Philly, 2012. He leaves Miami, goes to Philly, DB coach. 
ninth in the league passing defense. That's got to count for something. But they were 32nd in touchdowns allowed. What wins games? Touchdowns. Points. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you, you rave all you want about the top 10 passing. The, the yards allow, or the yards, yeah, I'm sorry, the passing yards allowed. Rave all you want. You allowed the most touchdowns in the league. I believe it was 33 touchdowns allowed in the air. <laughs> That's not good. That loses games. 2013, 2014, he was Arizona's defensive coordinator. He, he, he got better. I mean, they, have, they had a good defense these years. Sixth, he averaged sixth in points scored against him, uh, but 15th in yards. It's just not. Uh, this is why I'm iffy on Todd Bowles. I can see why he got the opportunity. I don't think he should have gotten the opportunity as a head coach, defensive coordinator, maybe. He was okay with, with Arizona. He got the opportunity. He, he was okay. Um, and then we, we jumped to his his four years with the Jets. He averaged the 20, he, they were the 22nd defense points allowed, 16th in yards allowed. I mean, that, that's those are averages over the four years. Um, it, it's just not good. It's just not good. Um, so again, and, and the reason I think that is, I think he could have gotten better as a, as a defensive coordinator. I think once you take a, a, a struggling but improving defensive coordinator and you throw on offense, special teams, front office stuff, that that head coach entails and, and it's just not he's not going to get any better at something he was already struggling at but he was improving uh it's just he's not going to get better so i i just didn't get that one either i didn't get the and i don't think he got hose he had plenty of time he had sam darnold this year and yes that's pretty much all they have their their team is pretty garbage they have, they have some studs on defense but but i mean i just don't think don't think it was good now now here are the ones that we should that that teams should look at these are the hires that teams should look at and base what they do at how they hire off of. Okay, Sean McVay, he's the <laughs> he, he's the face of the NFL right now. Young guy, thirty two. Okay, uh, he's got a lot of hype around him. And guess what, man? He he does well with it. He proves he's worth the hype. Two thousand fourteen, he was Washington's offensive coordinator. These are the years leading up before he got he got hired. And these are what you should look like, look at. You should look at this and say, okay, that's hireable. 2014, 13th offense in the league. Okay. Middle of the pack. Not great. And that, that was actually worse from, from the year before. Before, So he took over first year. They got worse. Four spots worse to be exact. They were ninth in the league in 2013. They dropped. Okay. Not great. Not a great start, but it's his first year. Let's see what happens next year. Second year gets worse again. He drops another four spots to 17th in, in, in total offense. But Kirk Cousins gets better. Significantly better. He, he had his, his best year of his career that year, 101 QB rating. Okay, 101.6. And uh, but but okay, not good though. So what happens next year? We're watching his growth. He's learning. He, he's yes, the offense itself didn't improve, but his quarterback did. Okay, so maybe he's the quarterback whisperer. Maybe that's what we need. And 2016, Washington offensive coordinator, third in the league. Offense was third in the league with Kirk Cousins throwing a 97.2 QB rating, which is good. It's not great, but it's good. It's where you want to be. It's it's right in that top tier of quarterback. It's probably, you know, 12th, 13th in the league. It's right there, okay? And and in these years, we have to remember, all three of these years, he had one pro bowler on his offense. That's it. Nobody else made a pro bowler, and that one was Kirk Cousins. He got Kirk Cousins there. I believe Kirk Cousins was better because of him. 
And you see now, I mean, you see now Kirk Cousins without him, and he, he's not the same quarterback. He is not the same quarterback. Um, Sean McVay is a good hire. He showed improvement. He had a few years to develop. He got better, and he made people around him better. He made Kirk Cousins a better quarterback, and it's and he is noticeably worse without Sean McVay. Okay, my other example of what we should do, not we, of course, we don't have any say in this. I wish we did. But what teams should do when hiring a coordinator, head coach, mostly head coach, Matt Nagy, I mean, he has just been ridiculous this year. He was the Chiefs QB coach from 2013 to 2015, Alex Smith. His rating got better every single year under Matt Nagy, uh, noticeably better by three, four, five points better. I don't know what you'd call it for the rating, but three point three, four, five points better every year under Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy gets, um, now we're not going to take the 2016 offense as a stat because he took over during the 2016 season. He wasn't the, the coach through the whole thing. They were the 20th, uh, the 20th overall offense. Okay. In 2016, but that, that wasn't all Matt Nagy. He was only there. I don't have the number in front of me. I apologize, but I, I want to say it was only half the year, maybe less that he was the offensive coordinator. So he takes this 20th overall offense to 2017. This is last year, fifth in the league from 20th to fifth, just like that. That's Matt Nagy. Alex Smith had 104 QB rating under Matt Nagy's offense. Now, you could say, okay, Andy Reid is running that offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for the most part, it's Andy Reid's offense, but I mean, he's the brainchild. He, he's kind of the brains of it, but guess who has to implement that office, that offense every day at practice? Because Andy Reid's off doing Andy Reid things, doing head coach things, doing front office, offense, defense, special teams. He has to do everything. Guess who's implementing that offense and working with that offense every single day at practice? That's Matt Nagy. Okay. Matt Nagy is why Alex Smith had that great season, and I'm not taking it all away from Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a genius. He's one of the best all-time offensive minds we've seen in the league. I'm just saying he happens to produce really good offensive coaches, and Matt Nagy's one of them. He's proving he was a great hire, and he showed it, man. I mean, yes, he only had two years, really less, a year and a half as an offensive coordinator, but he showed significant improvement, and he showed, I mean, you could just watch his offense, and it is smooth. It is tricky. There's movement here, movement there. You never know where the ball's going. I mean, he, he is just, I mean, he's made Mitch Trubisky just look insane when we all know, if we're being honest, Mitch Trubisky is marginal. Okay, he's not a great quarterback, uh, but he makes Mitch Trubisky look like a pro bowler. He makes him look like he knows what he's doing. And if you notice, uh, he, Mitch Trubisky has gotten better over the year at at, at kind of going through his reads as a quarterback and checking and you know, look one, two, three, four and make a decision. But even early in the year when they, when, uh, they were getting started, uh, Matt Nagy just made it so easy on Mitch Trubisky where it was basically you look here if it's not there you do this you check down here or you run it or you throw it away whatever and, and he's just made that offense look look way better than what it is I think and uh, of course then they have that ridiculous defense that is just holding them together that's so that's all I got to say about this coach thing we got teams have to stop hiring people on based on uh, their I guess their rep in the league because that's the only thing I can I can even reason that they would be hired is because they have a they have a reputation. People know them. They have a good personality. Whatever it is, but these a lot of these guys, a lot of these hires are silly, and I'm seeing it happen again. This uh, this coaching search. I mean, with all I mean, mostly I just focus on the Dolphins, obviously, but but I, I keep an eye on all of it, and and I just really haven't seen some of these good. 
big names that have success under their belt, like Mike McCarthy get looked at, or Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs this year. Under Why wouldn't you want an Andy Reid prodigy, man, an uh, Andy Reid uh, coach from, from his tree? I don't know why you wouldn't. Doug Peterson's one, and he's doing great with the Eagles. Matt Nagy's doing great with the Bears. I mean, it's just he's a great coach to pull from. We're going to move on. We're going to stay in the NFL. Um, I should have said this at the beginning. This podcast is going to be a lot of NFL, a lot of college football. But when the time comes, which is coming quickly and it is coming surely, we will talk a lot of basketball, a lot of NBA. We'll talk March Madness. I, I probably won't get into college basketball until March Madness because I'm kind of a casual college basketball fan. I keep up uh, with a few teams, mostly the ACC. But then when March Madness drops, baby, it's time. I, I go in. I watch every game I can. I keep up with every stat and score I can. So uh, we'll get into that. But yeah, basketball will be coming soon. I'll do. I'll probably do baseball, uh, playoff baseball, playoff hockey, and stuff like that. But I'm sorry if you're a hockey or baseball fan. It's just that's just not my forte. I'll do my best to keep up with it at those times. But, but yeah. So let's move on. Uh, we're staying in the NFL. I, I really thought this topic would be a fun one. It'd be an interesting one. It'd, it'd be it'd be cool to go over. Um, and that's first year quarterbacks this year. First year starting quarterbacks. Now we have five of them that are rookies. I believe we had six in all. Five are rookies. One is Pat Mahomes. Okay, so he's he's a second year second year guy, but uh, he only started one game last year. That was as the playoffs were starting. Chiefs had already uh, secured their spot, and so they they started him in the last game of the season. So I'm not counting him last year. That you can't count that as a first year starter. He is a first year starter this year, and um, and then we're gonna go over the rookies. Okay, so and really, I don't even know where this this is gonna go. To be honest, I don't really think I have a. a, a strategy here I don't think I'm going to say oh this is the best one I might get to that but I'm just going to go over some stats and just talk about each one and what I think they bring to the table uh, we're going to start with I think you know what let's start with the underachievers because who wants to end with underachievers uh, we're going to we're going to start with uh, who I think was the biggest underachiever all season uh, Josh Rosen good lord he doesn't look good okay they don't have a good offensive line put that out there that's huge for a quarterback but he's got some players. I know they don't have a ton to work with in the receiving game. They got Larry Fitz, all right? Larry Fitzgerald is is a short, he's still sure-handed. He can still play. Um, I think he's way closer to the end of his career, obviously, and he's probably, I don't know if he'll come back next year, um, but but he's still a good player. And, he, and then you got David Johnson, who, I mean, you look back, it's not like he just became bad just because of injuries. I know I know it happens. You get injured, and, and you're just not the same, but... But, I mean, he's still got it. It's just, man, again, offensive line's bad. But Josh Rosen, you can't go 3-10, and 10, 55% completion rating, 2,200 yards, almost 2,300 yards, 11 touchdowns, and 14 picks. I don't care how bad your stuff is. Guess who else had a bad team around him for three years? I believe it was his first three years in the league, Andrew Luck. Guess who took his team to the playoffs? I believe every year they were 11-5 and five or 10-6, and six, something like that. Um, Andrew Luck. So if you're going to be a franchise quarterback and you're going to be talked up like you were, and then and let's be honest, Josh Rosen can be a little, he, he feels himself. He, he knows he he's a good quarterback. He knows he's talked about or thought of as a good quarterback at least. you got to be better than that, man. That's not good. That is way underachieving. I don't care what's around you. That That's that's garbage, man. Um, we're going to go next. I think the next one, Sam Darnold. And I, it's tricky with him and Josh Allen, and Josh Allen's going to beat him out for a few reasons we'll talk about. But but Sam Darnold, man, four and nine, 
57.7% completion percentage, 2,800 yards, 17 touchdowns, 15 picks. Again, doesn't have a lot around him in the offense. He's got a couple good receivers, though. I'll give him that. I mean, uh, Quincy Anunwa, Robbie Anderson, they're, they're, they're good receivers. Don't let people fool you. I mean, uh, people want to say they don't have anything to work with. Those are two, those are good receivers. Okay, neither of them are number one receiver. I'll give, I'll give Darnold that. But they're both good. They're they're good enough to put up better stats than that and to put up a better record than four and nine as a starter, okay? Um what really scares me about both Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold is the completion percentage because you can you don't have to put up the biggest stats if you if you have a crappy team around you. I get that. But you gotta you got to have a better completion percentage than that. You got to make better decisions because then when you start looking at interceptions and completion percentage, for the most part, what that's going to tell you is is that they don't make good decisions. Okay, those are decision based stats. Now, uh, I get completion percentage can drop if you make a good decision by throwing the ball away. I get that, but typically when you have a low completion percentage like that and and a lot of interceptions like that by both Darnold and Rosen, I mean that's just those aren't good decisions. I mean. Uh, Darnold was way underachieving when I watched him in that game, that bowl game against Penn State two years ago. Um, I, I saw him th- make a throw. It was from like the 25-yard line. It was into the end zone in between two or three defenders, one over, one under, one one man on. And I saw him make this throw into the end zone for a touchdown, and I was just like, man, that is the next guy. Like, he is good. That, that kid is good. And I was wrong. Uh, I mean, I could still be right. He could develop into something good. I, I'm not saying he's not talented. He's very talented, and, and he's in a bad situation right now. But I thought he would be. I thought he was the guy to come in and start the best. Okay, I thought he was going to come in, plug and play, be really good, at least make a team, even a bad team like the Jets, maybe contenders or at least 500 or or close. But it just didn't happen. Um, we'll, we'll go to Josh Allen now, and I think this is now the part. I wouldn't say any of the next people underachieved. Uh, Josh Allen wasn't great, but I don't think he underachieved. I kind of think he was what we thought he would be, and that was insanely talented. Okay, insane arm, way better of a scrambler than we than any of us thought he would be. I mean, 89 attempts this year, and 89 rushes for 631 yards. And eight touchdowns, which you'll find is substantially better than what Lamar Jackson did this year. Which I know Lamar Jackson played fewer games but he had significantly more rushing attempts and barely more yards or touchdowns okay and he's a way better athlete so Josh Allen is is the man in the running game but man does he have to get better at passing the football he is was 52.8% completion percentage that's worse than anybody on this list and again decision thing uh 2000 yards 10 touchdowns 12 interceptions so not a good passer as far as an athlete goes way way overachieved I think and as far as a passer he's kind of what we thought he was going to be insane arm uh but not a very very good decision maker and very inaccurate he, he's 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 hit it miss man sometimes he'll make a throw on a line from 30 40 yards out and you're like holy crap what was that that was a that was accurate it was a cannon and then sometimes he'll throw a 10-yard pass <laughs> and miss by five and you're like oh oh Okay, he's just, it's weird. But uh, I think he can be a good player with the right coaches, the right person all around him, but but we'll see where that one goes. Now, these top three guys, I think, uh, in my opinion, 
maybe not overachieve, but they're just, we'll say these next two, not the top three. The next two were very good, and I like what I see. And with development, they can be top 10 quarterbacks in this league. I truly believe that. We're going to go with Lamar Jackson, 6-1 in one as a starter in his seven games. Now, this is where it gets interesting with Josh Allen. 147 rushing attempts to Josh Allen's 89 and 695 yards to Josh Allen's 631 and only five touchdowns on the ground. So now we know he's a better athlete than Josh Allen. We know that, but um, he's got to find the lanes better. He's got to, when he, when he can run the ball, I think maybe run the ball less, uh, throw it away more. And then, and then when you have a lane, take it, take off, man. You're, you're fast as a heck. Take off. Um, and then he, he was actually surprisingly 58.2% completion rating. That's not good or completion percentage, that is not good by any means. It's it's easy now in the league to throw 63, 65. Um, a lot of quarterbacks do it. So 58.2 is not good, but it's better than I thought he'd be because I thought he was a kid with a cannon that wasn't super accurate, that could run the ball for days. And uh, and, and he so I thought he was going to come and throw a 50, maybe 55. Uh, but 58.2, that you can work with that, you know. I mean, and they got some guys around him. If they can get a couple more, a couple wide receivers, maybe a running back, um, they could start looking really good on offense because right now they're being carried by the defense a little because, look, six touchdowns, three picks by him in, in seven games. So it's good he's not making a lot of mistakes. Seven, three picks in seven games, is, is that's great. You'll take that. But six touchdowns isn't enough. That's less than a touchdown a game. Don't like it. Um, but, you know, he's got those five touchdowns on the ground. So so 11 total touchdowns in, in seven games, you'll, you'll take that. He's been really good. And, again, as long as he doesn't make mistakes, which he's, he's not right now, three picks, in his seven games, they could do something in the playoffs, okay? If he's not giving the ball away, that defense is good enough that they could score 17, 20, 24 points, and they'll win a game. They'll win at least a playoff game, all right? Now, we'll get to that a little bit later, but but yeah, I like what I see from Lamar Jackson. Baker, Baker, touchdown, maker, incredible, okay? He was very good this year. Now, he had really high highs this year and really low lows where he had a couple multi-interception games this year, but then he had a couple games where he was just lights out. Okay, Baker, Baker, touchdown maker. Six and seven, not great, but that's a lot of that. Uh, good good portion of those games were under Hugh Jack Jackson, who I just, not a fan, not a fan of Hugh Jackson. Think he's a think he's a coach in this league, but I don't think he's a head coach. I think he's a little too, too arrogant, and especially with the team he was on, there's a lot of arrogant people around him too. So they all butted heads. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with him. But but anyways, get back to Baker. Six and seven, not great. 63.8% completion rating. If you're throwing that as a rookie, first year rookie, first year starter as a rookie, sorry, uh, that's, that's fine. That's going to go up. That's going to go up with time because they say the game is so much faster in the pro level than the college level. If he's already make, If he's already completing that many of his throws, Right now, just wait. Even next year, I, I can almost guarantee that's going to be higher. Um, so he's right where he needs to be there. 3,700 yards, uh, not terrible. Could be more, but he obviously he didn't start every game this season. He only started 13. That's three other games. Uh, you know, if he throws 200 yards a game, he's well over 4,000 yards. That's a very good season. Now, 27 touchdowns in 13 games. That's phenomenal. That's on pace to go over 30 touchdowns if he were to play if he would have played all season. That's talking that's Drew Brees area. Drew Brees threw over 30 this year. Touchdowns are a little high. 14 or I'm sorry, interceptions are a little high. 14 for the year on 13 games. So it's uh, more than a, a pick per game. Don't love that, but he's a rookie. Okay. First year rookie quarterback. Um 
It's okay. Take a breath. That's not going to be every year. He's not going to throw 14 every year. Um, and if he can f- throw 14 in a 16-game season, that's okay. I just don't like it that it's you know more than a pick per game. Uh, but he looks good, in my opinion. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year, I'd, I'm not sure. I'd have to look at all the rookies. But Offensive Rookie of the Year, I think it's safe to say that's your guy. He had a great year. I know there's a couple others. Uh, obviously, Saquon Barkley. Um, phew, forgot about Saquon. Uh, that is a that is a t- uh, that's a tough. I'd probably have to go with Saquon, but but Mayfield. If he, if they gave it to Mayfield, I wouldn't be upset because that, that is the most important position on the field. Uh, I wouldn't be upset. Now this is going to bring us to our only guy on this list that is not a rookie, Pat Mahomes. Freaking incredible season, <laughs> twelve and four, sixty six percent completion rating, over five thousand yards. Hello, goodness gracious. 50 touchdowns and only 12 interceptions. Enough said. That dude, um, I don't foresee him playing like this every year and here on out. That is just, that's too elite. No one's ever done it. No one's ever played at that level every year. I see him being a 30 to 35 touchdown a year, 10 to 12 to 13 picks a season, maybe less, depending on, you know, he's got a lot of growing to do. Um, and I think he'll stick right about where he has completion percentage wise. I think he'll be right about 65 to 70 in there. I don't think he'll ever be a 70% guy. He's not a Drew Brees accurate. He's accurate, but he's, he's more arm than accuracy where Drew Brees is more accurate than arm. And I don't see him being a 70% guy, but I see him sticking in that 65 to 68 range. Um, and then 4,500 yards a year. I don't like, again, 5,000 yards a year is is tough, but you know what, if anybody's going to do it, over an extended period of time, it could be him because I mean the the offense he's in is explosive. Tyree Kill, I mean, hopefully they get a great running back. Travis Kelsey, uh, arguably the best tight end in the league right now. Uh, if anybody's going to do it, it could be him to do it for three four years to throw you know close to five thousand yards and close to fifty touchdowns, maybe 40, 40 plus every year because I mean they've got players. They've got the coach and Eric Bieniemy. If he doesn't get a head coaching job, and then on top of that, if they lose him, they got Andy Reid, who is groomed offensive minds, and he's they're going to be fine as long as they got Andy. Um, so those are my quarterback this year. If, if obviously Pat Mahomes is the best, if you wanted me to pick a best rookie, kind of obvious as well, Mayfield. Um, but if you want, I, 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 I'm go ahead and pick one that I'm most excited to see grow, and that's Lamar Jackson. Man, if that kid can continue to get better with his accuracy, can continue to get better at his decision-making and his throwing. If he can add a passing game to that running game, not saying he's not a good passer. He, I, I think he's got a cannon. He throws a beautiful football, and he's gotten noticeably better over the season, over his seven games. But uh, he's definitely got to get better. He, he's not I, – I would still think of him as a, as a run-first quarterback. Um, he, he wasn't necessarily that – in college, he was a run-first quarterback. He was the best – one of the best rushers in the league – but he could throw the football too. He had a lot of passing touchdowns, a lot of passing yards. He's not that in the NFL yet, but I think he could be, and I, I want to keep an eye on him. I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. All right. Take a breath. I'm, pr- Gosh. This is fun so far. I hope you're enjoying as you're listening. Thanks again for listening if you made it this far. I'm hoping these episodes won't go any longer than an hour. I'm trying to keep them between 30 to 45 minutes, so I'm hoping that there might be some that are a little shorter. Some maybe a little longer, like closer to an hour. But thanks for being with me on Take It or Leave It. Again, I am Britton Hooper. And let's move on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on to a big topic that's been around this week. Uh, Antonio Brown, Mr. A.B. 
Oh, where do we start with him, man? I don't know if you've heard. If you keep up with your sports with your sports news, throws a football at, at Ben Roethlisberger, I guess near Ben Roethlisberger's feet at practice. So it didn't hit him. Uh, threw a tantrum, left practice, skipped a few practices, shows up on Saturday walkthroughs, and they're like, you're suspended, dude. You're not playing. And, I mean, that's huge from the Steelers organization because it was a must-win game. If they didn't win, they had no chance of making the playoffs. If they won, then they need Baltimore to lose. Didn't happen, so they're still out. But for, for Baltimore to say you're suspended uh, on, on a must-win game like that, man, that... Um, that tells a lot. That says a lot about maybe the issues they've had previously, as well as how how big of an issue this actual situation was. Uh, so let's go over some. I, I did lose respect for Antonio Brown. You know, I mean, he's known as this hardworking receiver. He's very talented. Quite possibly the best receiver under six foot we've ever seen. He, I mean, he's unbelievable. Great hands. Awesome route runner. Very fast. Hard worker. Small college comes in the league and dominates, just absolutely dominates. Specifically, the past six, seven years. Um, but I, I lost respect for him because I mean he he is known also as a prima donna. Okay, he, he's known to be about him. You even saw it this season when they were winning. They went on that long winning streak, but he wasn't getting his numbers. Juju was getting numbers. James Conner was getting numbers. Couple tight ends were getting some numbers here and there. He was upset. You, we heard it two, three times this season. Antonio Brown was upset. They were winning, but he wasn't getting his numbers. Okay. Former teammate Ryan Clark now works for ESPN. Came out and said, "Yeah, when I played for the Steelers, they were. It was back when Mike Wallace was there. He was their number one receiver. They were offering Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace did not take it. He went to the Miami Dolphins and sucked. Ha <laughs> ha." Uh, didn't take the offer, so who do they turn to? They said we're gonna we're gonna pay Antonio. Antonio's the next one. He, he was he was playing well, young guy, third year. We're gonna pay him. Ryan Clark said he told the weight training coach, "If y'all pay him, you're gonna create a monster. He's gonna be crazy. He's gonna be good. He's a great player, but he's gonna be crazy." They offer him the deal. Very first practice, him and Ryan Clark almost get in a fight because Antonio Brown is yelling at Ryan Clark. The whole defense. And LeBeau, their defensive coordinator, Dick LeBeau, because he didn't want to be touched because I'm the franchise. I'm the franchise. You can't touch me. I'm the franchise. Ooh. Don't have a lot of respect for that, man. I mean, I get it. You're good. But there are very few wide receivers who have been accountable for for wins and losses. Very few. If any. (laughs) Randy Moss and Jerry Rice, those guys are some of the closest to it, but how responsible are they for wins and losses? A lot goes on coaching, quarterback, defense, offensive line play. Wide receivers are great, and they're necessary, especially in today's football. But I, I, in my opinion, there's no room for wide receivers that act like that. Okay, There's not a lot of space for it. But let me finish. you got to keep them. <laughs> After saying that, there's no room for that. you gotta keep, you got to work it out, at least for this season and try to make it work because he's Antonio Brown, but not because of that, not just because of that, at least. I mean, the production speaks for itself since 2013. He has almost 10,000 yards to be exact, nine, uh, not almost 10,000, I'm sorry, just over 9,000 yards, 9,145 yards receiving. 
in case you missed it, that's since 2013. This is not like a career. This is not like a 10-year stretch. This is 2013. This is about five, six years. 9,000 yards, 67 touchdowns. And in case you want math on that, it's 1,500 yards per season and 11 touchdowns per season if you do the average. Hello. Nice to meet you. That's that's ridiculous. So, yes, you lose a lot of production if you get rid of this guy, if you trade him, if you cut him, whatever. But not only that, but they go $20 million plus. I believe it's like $21 million and change against the cap if they cut him or if they trade him. Same thing. They go $21 million against the cap. There's only one way that they don't go $21 million this year, and it's if I think it's it, they got to cut him with uh, June 1st designation, uh, which to my understanding basically means he's not technically off the team until June 1st. Then they're able to spread that, because it's his bonus, they, they're able to spread that over the course of two seasons. So I believe it would be like 14 mil against the cap this year or or what was it, like 9 mil against the cap this year, something like that, 7 mil, whatever. It would equal up to the same over two seasons. All right. Uh, the league is also growing wide receiver friendly. Okay, can't hit the quarterback a certain way. Penalty. Okay, so now defenses are worried about that. Gives receivers a little bit more time to get open. Not only that, receivers are not able to get hit certain ways before the ball gets there. Even when the ball gets there, they're not allowed to get hit a certain way. Now if a receiver catches it, hits the gr- takes two steps, hits the ground, ball comes out, it's still a catch. Now, technically, that would be a fumble. But if they catch it and hit the ground, ball comes out, jarred loose, just like a, the ground can't cause a fumble, ground now cannot cause an incompletion, okay? The, the rules are changing for wide receivers. They're very important. I will say this. I think you got to keep him. You got to keep him. He's Antonio freaking Brown. Got to try to keep him, at least for this year. If it still doesn't work out, he's still giving you problems, and you're thinking, you know what? This might be the reason behind our little losing, our, 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 our little issues here, the fact that we're not making the playoffs. Okay, then then go ahead. Get rid of him next year. Take the loss. But but this team is, is has been taking stuff against the cap for a couple years now, and they just can't keep affording to do it. They can't afford to keep on doing it. And uh, I will say, though, so, so, that's, keep them. If you can keep them. Work it out. Him and Big Ben, everybody's good. Now you got Juju, Smith-Schuster, and Antonio Brown as your receivers. James Conner looks like a stud. Big Ben is not necessarily on his way out. He's definitely closer to retirement than the beginning of his career, but uh, but he is he's still slinging it. Uh, good offensive line still. You're a contender still, okay, if you can keep him under, if you can keep him under control. If you can't and you got to get rid of him next year and you got to bite the bullet, so be it. You still got Juju, who is looking really good, voted by his own teammates MVP of the team. Okay. So you're really not hurting either way, but I would really, if I was them, I would really try to try to keep him around. Moving on. Predictions. Wildcard Weekend. This is going to be my last segment of the day um, on this beautiful Friday. And Wildcard Weekend looks all too fun. All too freaking juicy. I will be hopefully watching football uh, all six hours tomorrow and all six hours Sunday. Um, yeah, gosh, I can't wait. Some really good games. We are going to get started with our wild card weekend predictions with the Colts at the Texans. Texans, Texans. Sorry. Uh, had a moment. Anyways, 
Colts. We're going to go over the past four games of each one of these. We're going to go through them with one exception, I think. Yeah, we'll go through the past six with, with one guy. But for most of these games, we're going to go through these teams uh, the past four games. So what we've got here is Colts, Texans. We're going to start with the Colts. 4-0 in their past four games. 16.3 points per game allowed on defense. That's a nasty defense, folks. Watch out for it. They got that rookie, Darius Leonard, keeping it together up there. They've got a good defensive front. They look good. 16.3 points per game on defense is top five in the league, if I'm not mistaken. If they could sustain that overseason, that is nasty. They're coming together at the right time. Marlon Mack on offense. Okay, he's a good running back. He's solid. He gets you those four or five yards. He's got a little speed to him. He's strong. He can catch the football. He's a good player. They got a good running game. They've got arguably the best offensive line in the league, okay? I know some teams have really good offensive lines in this league, obviously. The the Cowboys still have an elite one. Uh, the, the Packers still have a good one. Uh, just said a, uh, a second ago, the Steelers have a good one. Uh, the Colts might be the best. And they've got two rookies on their offensive line. They did awesome in the draft. They look good. And that's why Andrew Luck brings us to our next key to this game. Andrew Luck has been so good this year. Past four games, over 300 yards a game passing. Now, he only has seven touchdowns and three picks. It's not bad. Uh, less than a pick a game. All right, you're going to make some mistakes, especially when you're, you're the type of quarterback he is. He likes to push the ball downfield. And uh, and seven touchdowns is all right. It's not quite two touchdowns a game, but we can live with it, especially uh, when you're going to have to run the ball anyways and you've got a running game like they have right now and a defense like they have. They're going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He's going to be good in these playoffs. I, I really think he's going to be good. And uh, they've only allowed four sacks. Okay, in the past three or four games. That's... If you can hold a team to one sack per game, that is just absolutely great. Keep your quarterback out of the dirt. He can make more throws. He stays healthy. I love it. Then you got the Texans have been one of the team's hottest team or one of the league's hottest teams this year. They're only two and two in the past four. So I think these teams are going opposite directions. The Colts are putting pedal to the metal at the right time. Right right in time for the playoffs. And the Texans are are pulling up. They're not looking great now. They're scoring 25 points per game over the, over the last four. That's good. Okay, that's a good offense. And, and Watson is great. But here's the issue. Watson only has eight touchdowns in the last six games. And this is the the, the guy I was, gonna, I was talking about that we're going to go over six games. Uh, eight touchdowns in six. But he, he has zero picks in that time, too. So I'm okay with that. When you have a defense that can put pressure on a quarterback like the Texans have. So interesting matchup here. Arguably the best offense offensive line in the league, against arguably one of the the best rushing uh, pressure duos on defense in the NFL. So 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 you got um, obviously Jadavion Clowney and JJ Watt, uh, both just ferocious, both great pass rushers against a great offensive line. So that'll be that'll be interesting. But but so as long as Watson can kind of hold on to the football, not turn it over. You got Deshaun. You got a. Who am I thinking of? His wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. Sorry about that. DeAndre Hopkins, throw him the ball up a few times, score a couple touchdowns. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game. I think defense is going to have a lot to do with this game. Two great quarterbacks. Um, I think defense is going to have to do a lot with it. I'm taking a pick. And I truly. I think all these games, all four of these games, are just absolutely 
impossible to pick. They're so tough, but I got to make picks. I'm taking the Colts in this one. I'm taking Andrew Luck to play really well. I'm taking the the great offensive line to stop the great defensive line. And I'm taking Andrew Luck to, to have a really good game. And uh, I think if they can score 24, 28, 27, I think they win this game because I think because of the the, the Texans kind of struggling in the past four games, I think they hold them under 20 points, somewhere around their 20, 20, uh, to 20 or less. Um so I'm taking the Colts. Moving on, we got Seahawks at Cowboys. Now, this is a great game. The rest of these games are very hard. But starting with this one, Seahawks last four, three and one, 27.3 points per game, and they beat the Chiefs in the past four games. Chiefs are a very difficult opponent. Seahawks struggled at the beginning of the year. They kicked it into gear, and they just look great. Okay, Russell Wilson 35 touchdowns, 7 interceptions this year, 110 QB rating. He's got to be the most underrated quarterback in history. This this dude, you, you always hear talks of the, the, the top five, the elite quarterbacks in the league. He almost never gets mentioned. This dude has been doing it year in and year out, carrying this offense on his back ever since Marshawn Lynch left. Uh, this year they do finally have a running game, and that's why they're looking this good. Um but Russell Wilson is the man. Russell Wilson is going to be a huge part of this game. Okay, that I mean he he's just the man. Cowboys three also three and one in the past five. All right, or I'm sorry, three and one in the past four. I think Zeke is the key to this game. If he gets over a hundred, I'm going to say over 120 yards this game, they win. And I think there's a crazy stat out there like they're undefeated since Zeke came in the league. If he can rush for 130 or more or something like that, 120 or more. So if he can hit that 120 mark, I think they win. And Dak has to focus on getting Amari Cooper the football. Dak has been, since Amari Cooper showed up, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think Dak's been a Pro Bowl quarterback since Amari Cooper showed up. And I don't think he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. I think he's a great kid, smart, keeps his head down, hand to the plow, works hard, great at the press, or with the press, says the right answer, just a good kid. But I don't think he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. But with Amari Cooper, he is, man. Amari Cooper's gotten there. He looks lights out. Amari Cooper is a beast. If he can focus on getting Cooper the ball when he's throwing, and Zeke gets 120 yards, I think the Cowboys win. However, I don't think it happens. I think the Seahawks defense, led by Bobby Wagner, I think they they take care of business. I think Russell Wilson has a huge game. I take the Seahawks over the Cowboys. Next, Chargers at Ravens. This is another crazy game. Both teams 3-1 and one in their past four games. Chargers got a stacked defense. I don't care what... Um, don't really care what stats say. I, 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 stats say they're a decent defense, but I think they're better. What I see with my eyes, I think they, they are better. And, uh, I mean, they got Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. This is the other team. I think it's between them and the Texans with the best pass rush in the league. Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, they're going to be coming at you. you got Casey Hayward in the secondary along with Derwin James, who is a rookie. I hate to say it, from Florida State. Obviously, who do we hate? Florida State. I'm a UM guy. But Derwin James is a monster. He looks great. Uh, and Rivers has been... Now, on the opposite side, Rivers has been struggling the past four games. He's only averaging 223 yards per game. He has four touchdowns, six interceptions in the past four games. Not good. However... It's Philip Rivers. He's a he's a Hall of Famer. Maybe not first ballot, but he, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's great, and he's still playing elite football this year as a whole. Obviously, last four, not so much, but he's been playing elite this year. And they've got a deep backfield, deep wide receivers, maybe the deepest uh, group of skill guys in the league. You got Melvin Gordon, 
running the ball, catching the ball. You got Austin Eckler mostly catching the ball. Two great running backs. Melvin Gordon, I think, is one of the most underrated backs in the league. I think he's top five easily, uh, maybe higher. He, he's just phenomenal. And then you got just this large wide receiving core that are all big, beefy. All of them can run. And then you got this, you know, so, so we'll start with Keenan Allen, big, beefy guy. Juke you out of your socks, stiff arm you into the turf. You got Mike Williams will jump over you. I mean, he will moss you. And then you got Tyrell Williams, also a big guy that will go over the top and oh, 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 he will go over you and he will take the ball away. Then you got your speedy guy, Travis Benjamin, who, who has not put up a ton of great stats this year. But, uh, I mean, he'll get behind you. He can run with the best of them. He is fast. He'll get behind you. He'll go over the top. Now, uh, Rivers loves to throw it up to him and Mike Williams, mostly Mike Williams. Uh, just a great wide receiving core. I think they're going to be tough. Now, who better to defend them than arguably the best defense in the league? I think the second best defense in the league. I mean, technically, they're the best if you look at total yards and the second best in the terms of scoring, the Ravens. Three and one in the past four. Again, we've talked about Lamar Jackson already. Phenomenal. Last four, five touchdowns, zero picks. That's huge. The five touchdowns over four games could be better, but it's not bad. Zero picks is huge in the playoffs. Uh, they're also only allowing 18.3 points per game in the past four games. Lockdown defense. They are nasty. They will hit you. They are fast. Um, just a great defense with an offense. They're kind of the defense is kind of dragging the offensive along. But if, if Lamar Jackson can put can just uh, keep the ball away from the Chargers and can be smart, throw it when it's open, run it when it's not. Uh, I think it's it's going to be a good game, and I think the Ravens can win it. However, I don't think that happens. I think the stage might be a little too big for Lamar Jackson. He's a rookie. It's it's a tough situation. I know the defense is great, and usually defenses perform well in these situations. But I'm going to take the Chargers. I'm going to take veteran Philip Rivers. I don't think they they probably don't win another playoff game after this. But I'm going to take them over the Ravens. Uh, I think the defense is going to play great. I think Rivers is going to have a big game, bounce back game. So I'm going to take the Chargers in this one. Uh, last but not least, we got the Eagles at the Bears, the surprising Bears, obviously Matt Nagy. Uh, but we'll start with the Eagles, 3-1 and one in the past four, 3-0 and oh in the past three with Nick Foles. He is averaging 320 yards per game since he started three games ago, or the past three games. He's got six touchdowns, three interceptions in past three games. That is just, that's great. A touchdown, a pick per game. You don't want that necessarily, but but we'll take the six touchdowns. That's going to be two, two touchdowns a game. That's great. Um, defense has studs, okay? The defense has not played great all year, but they are now playing well. They're looking good the past few games. I mean, just look at some of these names. You got Fletcher Cox, okay, who, who he's not, he's not an Aaron, he's not as good as Aaron Donald, but he's close. I mean, he is one of the, Best interior lineman in the league. Strong, fast, aggressive, physical. You got Michael Bennett getting older, but still a great pass rusher uh, and run defender. Honestly, he's just a very smart, smart defensive end. Uh, you got Brandon Graham back there, Jordan Hicks, Nigel Bradham. You got Malcolm Jenkins kind of holding it down. He's kind of the anchor of that defense. Um, very good safety. I mean, they've got studs. Okay, they are stacked on defense. And uh, what a time for them to kick it into gear, but playoff time. Let's let's see what they can do. And then you got the Bears, the surprise Bears, back to relevance. Uh, one of NFL's historically great uh, organizations. Four and zero in the past four and zero in the past four games, only allowing ten and a half 
points per game in that stretch. They have beaten the Rams and held them to six. They've beaten Aaron Rodgers and held him to 17. Obviously not a great year for the Packers, but it's still Aaron Rodgers held him to 17 points. And he held the Vikings, who I think very much underperformed, but uh, still have a stacked offense. I mean, just absolutely stacked. Uh, Vikings held them to, uh, the, the Bears held the Vikings to 10 points. Okay, so again, only allowing 10.5 points per game allowed. And I think my my kind of tip of the scale in this one is is uh, going to be Matt Nagy. I think I got to give it to Matt Nagy. All right, it, it, this is going to be an interesting game. We've got two Andy Reid. We've got two Andy Reid prodigies. All right, Matt Nagy against Doug Peterson, and I think Matt Nagy comes out on top. I think he's going to be kind of the 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 Doug Peterson of of last year. I think he's going to come out and be kind of this young new coach and 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 just really have a great playoff series, and really I'm putting it on the defense. I think Matt Nagy, all he has to do is, is score 20, 24 points with that offense, which is doable. They've done it a lot this year, um, and that defense just got If they keep doing what they're doing, they're going to win this football game because the Eagles don't have as much firepower on offense as they had last year, not nearly as much, and I think that defense is going to feast on that. Uh, so I'm taking the Bears in this one. I'm taking the Bears to move on to the next round. Well, with that, that uh, that brings us to the conclusion of my first episode. I am looking forward to another one. I'm going to hopefully get on a schedule of every Monday and Friday uh, pretty soon. For now, I'm going to stick to just Fridays. Uh, this is a new thing for me. I'm still learning the the research and the, the prep for it and, and quite honestly, the how to put it together and how to edit it and all that. So, so I'm going to stick to just Fridays for now, but hopefully in a month or two, I'm going to move to Mondays and Fridays. That'll, you know, allow me to go Friday with everything that happened that week and then Monday, everything that happened over the weekend. And, and I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you so much for watch or for listening rather. Uh, hopefully, you know, maybe I should get a camera set up in here so you could watch me too. That'd be really boring. Uh, but thanks so much for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Talk to you next Friday. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Love you all.